My name is Zara. And my name is Maisha. And you're listening to That's What They Said. Where we break down the them versus us narrative. Hi everyone, we're back with a new episode for That's What They Spilled, and this time we're featuring Atib Khan. So according to his bio, he is a CPA by day and creator by night. Those are his words, not mine. Based in Toronto, Atib has made a name for himself through the adventure and personal development content creation field on social media, and today we have him here to tell us more about it. Thank Hi, you. Good to be here, guys. Yeah, thanks Atib. I mean, I think um, Atib is joining us from Colombia, so thank you for giving, making time. Uh, to join our episode today. We're really excited because, you know, Zara and I, we came across your profile. We live in Vancouver and while you were living in Vancouver, I think that's how on Instagram we found you and we thought that, hey, it's cool. And we were following you for quite a bit. And then we're like, yeah, it'd be cool to have you. So do you want to like tell us a little bit about yourself? For sure. No, happy to be here, guys. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. And, and as you mentioned, I'm CPA by day, creator by night sort of a thing. I mean, I've been in the finance field for, I think, about eight, nine years. And really, it's really when the pandemic started that I gave a lot of thought about what I want to do long term and just trying to take advantage of my time. And COVID really showed us how short life is and we take things for granted. And that's where yeah. really I got into not just being more into adventure and outdoorsy, even though there was always an adventure side. To myself, I'd made trips to Colombia before. I've gone to, you know, four-day trek in Salcante in Peru. So that was always there, but I never got the chance to sort of document it and take it, you know, more consistently. And I think COVID yeah. gave me that time. And that's where I started basically experimenting. And, you know, we were in quarantine and we didn't know where things were going. And I just pulled up this TikTok app, which apparently, <laughs> yeah. you know, Gary Vee was talking a lot about it, and I started experimenting. And at that time, I was like, not even making adventure content because I was in quarantine and I was just making like some random videos. And um, I randomly just decided to just pack up all my stuff. And I moved to Quebec uh, in this random village called Chicoutimi for a month by myself. Wow. And people only speak French there. Um, and that's where, and since then I just was on the road since, and I never went back to Ontario essentially. So I've yeah. been on the road since then. And um, yeah. And then, you know, my content took off in Quebec. A lot of like local people started yeah. seeing like, who is this like brown dude who's showing us our proud province? <laughs> and everyone was asking me like, you know, where are these places? Do we live in the same province? And yeah. I was just going to like very remote places in Quebec and yeah. just being outdoor every weekend. And it was, that's where it you all know, started. I, I didn't actually know that Quebec had like, you know, hikes and stuff to like saw some of your videos. Cause I was like, yeah. Oh, you know, people usually say like the West, right. And Western Canada has all the hikes exactly. and stuff talks about the East coast. But when I yeah. saw your ones, I was like, Oh, okay. Got to do all that. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. It's surprising. Cause even when I lived in Montreal and I went to school in Montreal and I was there for four yeah. years and yeah. being in the same province, I had no idea that Quebec had mountains and all these like beautiful places to go. And none of my friends did. So, you know, you live in this bubble, but really, and I don't know why that happens. And it's just a well-kept secret um, mm -hmm. because, you know, there's, it's just very French and people don't like going outside of like, you know, the regular main yeah. cities, but there's a lot to it. And um, yeah, it's kind of cool because it's not very mainstream and it's very sort of hidden and you go to some of these hikes and you're by yourself sometimes, you know, yeah. in, in the entire mountain. And um, it's 
you know, and these are not like BC, Calgary mountains, but they're still, you know, decent and you can easily get lost and it's very cool. Yeah, especially in the fall, the colors in Montreal, right? The During the hikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Fall's amazing there. Yeah, fall's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So before we dive too much into your exploration and your TikTok and everything, the first question we wanted to ask you was, what are you passionate about? So like what gets you up and running for the day? Because we're, like, like we're going to talk about throughout the episode, like your side hustles and all the things that you do, but like what gets you going in the day is how we want to start off. Yeah, I get I guess I really get excited about my day when I know like, and I think this is a recent discovery about myself is when I actually started being creative and I was able to share my passion of not only just like being outdoors and exploring and traveling, but also like a lot of like the mindset stuff journey that I've been through. And the thing that inspires me the most is seeing, you know, some of uh, the reactions and feedback from people who say, you know, we saw your video and we moved to Vancouver and like some, some go even deeper and they're like, you know, we're from a brown family and it's very hard in our culture to go off yeah. the beaten path. And I made that big step and I told my parents I'm moving out and it's all because of like the videos you've been talking about. Stuff mm-hmm. like that, I will always keep top of mind whenever I have self-doubt about what I do. And, you know, if I ever hold back on a piece of content, if I question why I'm doing it, it's those messages and, you know, comments that remind me, like, even if I impact one person, that is more than I would have ever done if I didn't do what I'm doing. So for me, that's a big win. And that's enough for me to be like, get up and be super motivated and knowing the impact you could have with people by just sharing your art and your journey. And um, I think that's definitely that ignites the passion in me and keeps me going. Yeah. So I, I think that, uh, so, you know, you feel motivated and you have this passion you're saying, right. So taking from there to actually executing it, right. And doing something about it. I think for a lot of us, right. Like we want to do something, but sometimes we get stuck like, Oh, like don't know where to start. Or, you know, there's just so many challenges and sometimes we're just all in our head. So for you, like how, how is that like thought process of just, you know, motivation to like, you know, execution of it. Yeah. That's, I think the most important thing. I think the most overlooked, the most underrated, thing mm-hmm. that people look through is you know you see the journey and you see the person like doing well but really the hardest part of anything regarding whatever you do being a business owner or a creator anything is like really starting and yeah. going through that experience and you need to have so much humility of being like you know when I started I went to a lot of like I was reading a lot. I was just in my head. I was going through a breakup. I was in this like really dark period. And I was like, I just want to do something. And one of the things that I realized and um, it's like the most important thing, nothing matters. Like literally I can have like the best idea in the world. Nothing mm-hmm. matters till I do something. And the thing that what I really realized is that what separates people and like people that you see who are doing well from not is, it's not the fact that they're talented, by the way. Like, that's a misconception. It's not the fact that they're super talented. It's not the fact that, you know, they have, I mean, some of them do have gifts, don't get me wrong. But it's really that separation of like, you know what? I really don't give a shit. I'm going to fail. I'm going to do this. And I don't give a shit about failing. I don't give a hoop about what people think. You really separate that. 
and you deploy that humility and you go through that first few months of just like posting and doing stuff and you don't getting any views but you're doing consistently that yeah. consistent action when no one's watching when no one gives a shit when literally you're nobody those two three months are the separation period and no one's willing to do that because they don't want to look their friends in the eye or the family members in the eye and answer all the questions about what you're doing and how it's going and all those uncomfortable conversations and how what people might think it's really those like three months or even a year or two years when you're nobody and you're doing it and the thing is this is the most important lesson of this all is it's not just doing it but realizing you do it consistently enough that you're going to learn only by doing and that feedback will eventually helps you to success it's just a matter of time you just got to stick to it and i think a lot of us just really scared of just looking like looking stupid in front of people and we just don't take any risks that is so true honestly i resonated so much with that because i feel like you know even with instagram now like posting and sharing even though my channel are doing this uh, podcast i always like think twice like oh, okay i don't normally post so what are people going to think if i share my podcast too much or if i do this too much like i'm always afraid of like what if no one listens like we still haven't ever done an instagram live because we're like oh what if no one shows up so there's always these things that are in our head yeah, for sure. you podcast, but um yeah that's i think a lot of people can resonate with yeah. that yeah. And you guys started your podcast right you guys yeah had an idea you said we're going to do it regardless of and and i respect that a lot and that's why like if anyone reaches out and, and especially when they're starting something or they're in this process i respect that so much more than people who are just like on the side just like giving comments right yeah yeah it's true and you know what what he said like what like you you were saying right people say that oh they are exploring you know parts of the country that they never knew existed because of the videos that you're posting right it's like getting that feedback i still remember um i think it was just like a few months ago someone asked us uh, oh one of our listeners was like oh like when are you doing another episode on like mental health because they found an episode we didn't pass by health one mm-hmm. we're like oh cuz sarah and i have been on a hiatus for like a while mm-hmm. like you know she had covid i had covid yeah, yeah. And, you know it was so it was a bit of a I paused there but then I was like I remember we got that feedback and we we're like oh yeah like you know like even if you get that like few people tell you in our head we we're like oh probably not many people are listening but yeah it, it kind of like it's nice that you know something that you're saying or creating actually someone finds it helpful or yeah. meaningful so yeah definitely yeah i think it's we get caught up in the fact that these numbers game and i think it's very important to remember even if you impacted one person which by the way if you do this you surely will impact one person like at some point you will and the cost of not doing is so high like essentially even that one impact even let's say let's say worst worst case scenario you impact one person that's still more than you would have done if you did nothing exactly. and you don't know the ripple effect of that impact because that once you impact one person that person to just someone else you could be down you know have that ripple effect down generations which you're not even aware of right so yeah. really the impact is one which you will get to if your intentions are right and i think you need to do it for the right reasons and if you do it for the right reasons it doesn't matter if like 10 people are following you 20 people are following you or a million people are following you yeah. um and i think that's very important and that's definitely a good point like you get one good comment you impact one person you're yeah. you've done it you're good there yeah So what about managing it cuz like it's it's obviously impacting one person or not like 
that's great. But like, how do you do it? Like do so many different things. Like I personally struggle quite a bit trying to just do like work, household chores, and then podcasts and then this. So like, how, how would you say like your journey wasn't trying to manage your regular job, like your regular nine to five job, and then doing this on the side, as well as like, obviously what you're doing is adventure content, right? So it's, you actually have to be on the adventure yourself to yeah. do it. So yeah, yeah like, and like managing the two different sides or two passions in your life. Yeah. It's so one thing that I really read resonated with me when I was listening to this podcast was I think it was uh, Gary V. He talks about like juggling a lot of balls and then dropping a few. <laughs> right. And I realized I was completely okay with juggling and then dropping. So I did not judge myself if like, I started like literally there was a one point I would start a YouTube channel. I started a podcast. I started a fitness business. I started meeting content. I literally went ham. How much I didn't give a shit. I was like, I want to do it all. Excel file with like 10 projects. And I'm like, this is how it all started. And I just started executing, executing. And then I started seeing signals and there's some things that are top priority that you cannot drop. So for me, work that give my hundred percent and everything outside of that. If I drop the ball, it doesn't matter. It's better than not taking action. So I would just do a lot of stuff. And there's some point you, you know, you come close to burning out. You need to have a high level of self-awareness mm-hmm. about when you reach that uh, burnout point. And I'm very good at like, well, completely like as soon as I get to a point, there'll be a point where I'll just completely crash, mm-hmm. but I'll be okay. Just like being like, I'm just like not doing any content in the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I, I don't take it as like a chore that I have to do. If like my mind and body are like, stop, I'll just take a break. So for, for me, this is like play, um, yeah. you know, work is work, but all this stuff, like this content adventure is play. So I don't want that to be the source of stress or mm-hmm. source of something that's not enjoyable. Right. So for me, it's very important to not treat it like a chore. So if some days I don't want to do it, I don't do it. And some days I'll be so inspired. I'll post like four or five stuff in one day. And, and for me, like going on adventures is never been like a chore, like, I would drop any plan. I would don't care what commitment I have on a, I've committed to friends. I mean, yeah, there's some important commitment, but I will literally prioritize that over anything. And I'd rather be out on a mountain. And for me, that's a reset button. So it works in a way where I get to use that and create amazing content and share it, but it's also a reset for me. So yeah. it's just like the perfect combination. And it shows me that that's the right thing that I should be doing because it makes me feel alive. It, you know, it doesn't drain me in a way where it feels like work. And that's the sweet spot we should all be aiming for finding that one passion or hobby where it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. And you enjoy doing it. And I generally enjoy doing it, which is why I'm able to manage my time. And time management is a separate thing because I do like a lot of like, I drop the ball a lot and many things because of my time. I have these commitments and sometimes I'm frankly not able to follow through and I have to say sorry. And I've done that a lot in the past few months because I came to a point where I couldn't yeah. uh, fulfill everyone's wishes and it is what it is, but I'm, I'm trying not to judge myself, but it yeah. is a cost of like the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But do you think there's ever a time like it interfered with your nine to five kind of job? Like, cause I know you'd probably take a bit more time off to go. Like you moved across the country, right? To come to Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. So Work. I... It, 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 do, it did not impact my job at all. In fact, uh, I, you know, I recently, a few months ago, I actually got promoted as well. So I was actually very efficient in my role. Thank you. 
So that's more to say it didn't have that effect. It had a better effect. I was like actually more creative, more focused. When I was in my job, I was like 100% wired in. And I think like all this like stuff outside, it made me better as a person. And Mm. just generally, I think I was just more effective at work. And I was, you know, knowing that I have such an amazing thing to look forward to this lifestyle I was very passionate about my work as well and I was able to give it give it my all and it so it did not at any point interfere and a lot and I know a lot of people like even when they make small changes that starts showing up in the work but I'm like I'm very I don't know what the right word is but I'm very focused when I make when I decide that I'm not going to drop the ball in this area like it's not going to happen. Like, I'll make sure that this area is completely covered. And um, yeah, I'm very like in prioritizing things. I'm very good at keeping my first two priorities completely intact and everything else can just like figure itself out. Yeah, yeah that's really awesome. It's almost like you, your brain got that juice it needed from this like extra thing that you're doing to even do better at your. Yeah. 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 yeah that's actually. Um, really- yeah. And usually like, you know, it's important to realize that I got to realize that it is my work that actually funds a lot of this stuff. So I need to make sure that my primary source of income, if I'm being practical, yeah. is gets the most unworked, you know, inflicted attention and that I don't drop the ball there because that is yeah. starting everything. And eventually, you know, when in the future, this can become my full-time gig, whatnot. But for right, right now, that is like funding yeah all this passion project everything that i'm doing so i can't drop the ball there yeah something that you said like don't treat it as a chore um i think that's especially you know in our generation right now there's a lot of importance given to like rest like Mm -hmm. the time to rest so i think like for Maisha and i at least um doing this podcast always helps us like kind of rewire our brain or like take a pause from our nine to five jobs or like give us more motivation to um you know go on with that so like instead of thinking of it as a chore to think of it as something that could like fuel you exactly. that better. Yeah. Especially because like, cause you can easily get overwhelmed. Like obviously creating content is not easy. It's not like you snap a finger and then it happens, right? Like you're putting in a lot of yeah, you're putting in a lot of time and effort to make these videos. So um, especially like I, I touch my mom all the time and she's like, Oh, you should never just be like sitting. You should always be doing this and this trying to better yourself. But in our generation now, I think we give a bit more time to resting. So I think, yeah ways that you said it to actually give yourself rest is you know make like kind of feeling your brain through the side but like other than that like how else do you rest yeah and the thing is like you know our parents obviously they come from a separate generation and i think like there's a difference between keeping busy and then for the sake of being busy then actually doing something that really like develops you and really makes you feel alive and makes you a better person and takes you to the path that you really want to go down right so those are two separate things like busy for the sake of being busy is like a trap it's like almost like this rat race that we're in but really using that time for yourself to rest and then doing like stuff like you guys are doing like the podcast that you know doesn't feel like a chore you're learning way more productive than anything you can imagine because you're learning you're just like the skill that you're developing let alone from the guests that you're bringing but just by doing this thing you guys are going through this like really you know a creative process of its own you know learning how to deal with people interviewing skills you guys will just build 
a lot of skills just by doing it. Even if it, you know, no matter what was what the outcome was, you're going to learn a lot just by doing it, right? And it doesn't feel like work. So it's like a win-win. Yeah. Like, you can't go wrong with it. And that's what people need to find. And Not going to lie. Sometimes we have really intense topics that we talk about. So we're like researching modes. That kind of sometimes, yeah. but overall, very happy. Yeah. To something <laughs> aside. Yeah. 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 There's always that. There's always like, you know, intense work involved, like even with editing, like I have to do master class and I spend like hours like learning some things, right? Yeah. There's always that the yeah. not sorry. The learning curve must have been a lot, right? Because you I don't think you you said you've never done the video editing and all this stuff before or no, yeah. I started doing this during the pandemic and I was it started with like, hey, this picture in my phone. I wish yeah. I could edit and I just went in and I started playing and then I went on YouTube and I went down a rabbit hole and then I was watching YouTube videos every day for like weeks and just like learning and learning and I still don't think I've learned anything and I still think there's so much seriously like I feel there's so much I'm like <laughs> I feel like a beginner like that's like my level of passion where I'm like I have it's like a it's going to be a very long journey of learning yeah. and that's why I know I'm in it for the right reasons that I'm not feeling like I've reached a certain point and I don't need to develop. It's like a big journey. Exactly. Yeah. But so, so, you know, because I'm also interested, like, because, you know, starting all of this, like creating content, you kind of like put yourself out of your comfort zone, right? And you said that you didn't know how to do the editing and everything. So you kind of learned how to edit and stuff. I remember you told us um, in like one of our last calls, you mentioned like you did a hike when you're in Vancouver, you did a hike, like literally you told, just put it on Instagram that whoever can join like to do a sunrise hike and, you know, just went along. So even now that you're say you're in Colombia right now and you were in Ecuador, I think in December, right? So visiting these places, like, are you like, is it like, are you just going and meeting new people or like, you know, cause, I'm just trying to understand, like, you know, just how do you put yourself out of your comfort zone and go about doing all this? Yeah, I think, like, since I started doing the whole digital nomad thing, like, when I went to Quebec, then I went to Vancouver, I never had friends in this city to begin with. Um, and even before that, I was, you know, when I used to travel and in university, I, I had a, I would, I could make friends really, really fast in a really quick mm-hmm. interaction. And, and that's, like, I think something that's always worked for me. But in the time of social media with pandemic, it's harder to like meet people physically. So yeah. I really learned how to use like, it really helped that I was making content. And then people would reach out to me. Like I would, when I was in Vancouver or Quebec and I was uh, creating content and people who are in the outdoor space and who are into, you know, hiking and content creation even, or just like, you know, uh, video editing and stuff like that, they would just reach out to me and be like, hey, like, you know, we see that you're doing this. Do you want to come out for a hike with us? I just get invited by random people. And then I'd, be, I, I'd check their profile out. I'd see if they're legit. And sometimes if I wasn't sure, I'd be like, yo, let's like meet for a coffee before we even like go somewhere. So, yeah. I, and sometimes I'd be like, hey, like, let's go on a mountain tomorrow. And then, you know, <laughs> um, so I really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I really use the, um, my gut a lot to understand like, I, I think i have good i can interact with people and see like you know if they're legit and i've mm. honestly not one bad experience and i've met so many people through tiktok through instagram heck even not people reaching out to me i've seen content and i message people i'm like yo like this is cool do you want to like go collaborate together like i messaged like this girl in vancouver she's a really cool videographer and i think like 
she popped up on my for you page or when I just DM'd her, I'm like, let's go shoot in uh, lighthouse park. And then we were, we just met up in like a few days and we went shooting together and I've reached out to people and you realize when you're in this space and you other creative people, see other creative people, they're more likely to just respond and, you know, yeah. they know you're in it for the right reasons and, you know, just some random person, uh, you're just trying to talk. So I think it helps a lot that you put yourself out there mm-hmm. and then it becomes very easy to meet people. And I go to different places and I'm making content and people will reach out to you and I'll reach out to people. Right. Yeah. I think people like to think that it's a lone job when you're an influencer or a content creator, but it makes sense. Like we have colleagues in our office, so it makes complete sense for like, you know, for us to be reaching out to people, DMing them, trying to work together with them and meet them. But yeah, like kudos to meeting people randomly to go on hikes and stuff. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, I, it, it took me a while just to even go to the movie theater by myself. So good for you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I would like I think like it's a lot more fun like I do a lot of solo stuff but especially when you're in a place like South America mm-hmm. you, you can get lost very easily language barriers and it's not a place where you can just like just go take a bus somewhere like yeah. you know, just, <laughs> yeah. so it's very important spaces like here that you know you make friends and you have trustworthy people and stuff like that and there's so many ways honestly you can go on like hostels and there's like so many travelers there and like people other people traveling they make friends fast because they're all like looking to meet other people and you do like group expeditions and you meet people there like there's so many ways if you just like you know go with an open mind and Mm. make friends yeah how important would you say like your community is because with uh, content creation you always hear people talking about oh i'm happy to have built a community or like i'm doing this for my community but like i guess not everybody knows what that means like when you're on social media like like what is exactly the community that you build and do you feel like you have a genuine connection connection with your community and like is it rewarding to you to build that connection not just your yeah. but like people who are just like your followers you know yeah i feel like that's that's a good question i didn't even know this whole concept honestly i was new to this game and i was figuring it out and for me like i never took it as oh i'm building like this following list or have this community for me it was important that I resonated with people and um, that I would reply to almost like if possible every comment every DM even though like with my DMs I really suck at it because I'm just like that's on the top of all my list I just just don't get to it um, but anytime there's a thoughtful message I am definitely responding to the person, like no matter who you are. And if people reach out for help, I will like respond to them, you know, dig in deeper. They need advice. I'll send them voice notes. So for me, it's very important to like, you know, give back in a way where I'm connecting. And it's like, almost like, I don't think it's as a community, as almost like, you know, friendships and people, you know, that, you know, reach out, like reach out to me anytime and, you know, we can talk and, I want to make sure I'm very accessible and transparent about what I do. I've never perceived, I don't know. I I just never thought about my thing as like, oh, I have all these followers. I have this community. To me, it was just like a lot of people, you know, resonated with some of my stuff and I'm glad that they're there. And I want to make sure I keep providing to them and especially to the people that are like, send me very thoughtful messages and they have placed close attention to what I'm doing. And Mm. I'm always like, sometimes I'll message them myself and be like, did you like do this? And did you post this content? And I'll make, I'll build a relationship with them and yeah. I'll be like, you know, you said you're going to post content. I'm watching you. I'm following you back. So 
oh, looking wow. forward to seeing some of your content and I'll follow them and I'll, nice. you know, just like peer pressure them into like posting. So I do a lot of that stuff. You definitely do have a lot of followers. So just to give our readers or listeners an idea, your TikTok followers is 45,000 right now and your Instagram followers is 10,000. So what would you say like TikTok versus Instagram? Like where do you think you got your biggest? Well, like, for sure, TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is where it started. Like yeah. that's where I started making content and I realized a certain skill set and then I was able to translate that over to Instagram and create some content there and get more followers. But really TikTok is where it started and TikTok is where the most organic reaches. I think, I mean, now IG is coming with Reels and there's a lot of potential there as well. But TikTok was the thing, you know, during the pandemic. It, you know, for a lot of people, that was their kind of like, outlet of you know creative expression and it, it saved a lot of people's like quarantine you know yeah. uh, so it definitely was a time and I don't know where it's going if it's going to be TikTok or Instagram it doesn't frankly matter because mm-hmm. platforms will change but you know the creative expression and the work that I'm doing and other people are doing that's not going to change but yeah I'm always yeah that's something very interesting that you said the platforms can change right but creative expression it will just like adapt to whatever platform you for sure and yeah and that's why like you should never get too invested in one platform Mm -hmm. i think that's the you know worst strategy i mean you could be really big on tiktok and it might work really well for you but one band Put, yeah. <laughs> put you out right and yeah. and that's one thing like try to diversify as much as possible it's hard man like even just between instagram and tiktok and then i'm like youtube shorts and then there's oh, like oh yeah yeah there you go so much it's hard like i empathize with people and if you're doing it as a full-time creator sure you can do it but for me it's almost like i try my best but mm-hmm. you do want to diversify and make sure like you're expanding it just doing yourself a favor right just by making sure you have access and yeah. a platform in multiple places in case anything happens and you yeah. never know where the next thing is going to be there's actually so many different things out there reels shorts <laughs> you can yeah, I mean, one right or do you have that? you can just post the same one on the different platforms right like reels or yeah. i guess try to make youtube yeah. videos like full-length videos and yeah yeah I wish you could do that though. I wish, you, I wish I could just make a TikTok and just post it on Reels. That would save me a lot of time. But with the watermark and the quality degradation, no. I have to make a separate piece for Instagram Reels and then one separate for TikTok. Unless I do the editing. Actually, I do sometimes, I do the editing on Premiere Pro and I'll make the edit and I'll just post on both and I'll put like captions in separately. Yeah. Um, again, time consuming, but I try to like cater to both the uh, platforms separately um but like it's hard to figure out the algorithm and i just i don't get bogged down it takes so much time like putting like you know snippets together or pictures together to get to the final content i mean i don't think i realized that till i started to do because for our podcast we do social media Mm -hmm. we don't we don't do it probably at the level that say you guys do with your editing and everything but even the little that we do i remember doing the this one we did for like um we did an episode on like black lives matter and then so we had to put together a bunch of like text and like editing and and i was like zara and i were like oh my god this is like a lot yeah 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 it would tired though like the more you do it 
you find shortcuts and you bet the better you get at it so it's yeah. really like practice 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 some stuff takes less time and some videos can take a lot more time uh and it really comes with practice and yeah hmm. so would you say you've been able to like like you have a great following now but have you been able to like monetize on it or like do you have advice on how to make content that you can actually monetize on because a lot of people want to do this as like their main gig or even just make money on the side right is that something that yeah. you've had luck with yeah uh, monetization is a very interesting topic um i think like you want to start by not do not worry about monetizing early in the game yeah. do it for the right reasons mm-hmm. that's the most important thing and then the monetization will eventually come and there's many ways to do it just don't do it for the wrong reasons and don't start doing all kinds of brand deals early on even though it might be tempting yeah and to answer your question i mean i've been able to monetize but i've been very selective because i know i have you know i have a job so i don't i don't accept majority of the brand deals that come my way i've done like one big brand deal which was with mazda canada they reached out to me and i did a partnership with them and it was like based on outdoor adventure content so it was in line with my values and what i do and to my audience and obviously it was also worth my time that you know they would pay me enough that it would be worth my time otherwise you know um i wouldn't do a brand deal and invest all this time unless like it was for something for a brand that i really really admire yeah um but that's the one brand deal i did and um and I haven't been actively pursuing like you know brands to like sponsor me so I've just been doing it for myself and these brand deals come through as they as they do but mm-hmm. eventually yes the goal is that you want to monetize and live off it but that takes time to build and that comes in inevitably once you have the quality in and I think you should just focus on the quality of your work and keep the long term view in mind don't take shortcuts and just take any brand deal because that might impact the audience and the way they perceive you and i think that's the most important thing that i've heard a lot of people talk about and i think it makes sense um just be patient and if you do the quality work it will come in- inevitably and yeah. brand deals are by far the best way to make money in like short form content and stuff like that i think the key thing that you said there was to keep it authentic to your audience and to your brand because um there's so many times i get frustrated seeing people just do random ads and i'm like okay unfollow but um yeah like when do <laughs> i should to like do content that's like not uh or just do content cuz like you said you don't usually take it as a chore but like do you ever feel pressure to put content out there just for the sake of putting content out there or do you feel like everything that you're putting out there is like for yourself because i guess with adventure and like personal development like cuz you know how there's like always like these trend say trending sounds on tiktok and stuff yeah. right? like yeah. well it's like oh yeah. like you should yeah. put them like you know to blow up and stuff like that so i i think that's a lot of pressure on a creator right so yeah i am yeah that's a good point and i think a lot of people attempted and it works but i am like the worst person to follow <laughs> trends okay yeah. i I mean if you look go to my TikTok I like music that I like mm. I That's very true yeah. You know, there's like one good music like just say the Infinity music I really like that music so I'll post it on my content right I love that music but I do not hop on trends if I don't like the music or it doesn't resonate with me mm. um I've barely done trends and I know 
that's not smart of me but it for me it's like it's just not very authentic to me and i'd rather not and even though i'm knowing i'm like leaving it's just like for the sake of it i'm t- i just it doesn't come naturally to me so i don't take part, i don't partake in a lot of like you know the quick trends and the do this for like 5 seconds because that's just not me and i don't personally resonate with it but if there's a trend that well, i can apply that music and like i can have you know my own take to it i've done those um so i really pick and choose my trends but i don't hop on like 80 70% of the trends that are out there um yeah and that's like a personal choice and i think long term it works out if you're building an authentic audience and you're not just getting an audience based on trends then you'll have a more engaged audience that's closer to you more authentic to you and not i've seen a lot of like creators who have like so many followers but all of their followers are based on trends yeah. but i don't know anything about them or yeah. what they do they just do all the trends right but i don't know who they are what they do and you know what no brand deal there's they're not going to get a lot of brand deals cuz they don't have a certain like mm. niche is like is yeah. this guy so it's you want to have some sort of like authentic niche or some sort of brand yeah even though yeah. i'm a big fan of experimenting but you just can be all trends because then you, you're just not going to have an audience that knows who you are or that's just my personal take on that i prefer so much as a as a viewer to see more authentic things like that because you know it's so easy for us to just get on our phones and just keep scrolling mindlessly like like that one song what is it the love now and tt or whatever that sound i listen to like one dance video on that and it's just like i'm scrolling and it's like constantly that song with like 20,000 yeah. videos of like god knows <laughs> i'm like brainlessly listening to it so i think it's bad for the viewer as well right the consumer because It, it, instead of that i'd rather just listen see your content which is actually something that i which has something that relates to me such as like adventure hiking backpacking so it's so much more better for like the consumer too like it doesn't harm yeah. your but i do think that i mean the way the for you page works is it caters the content for you mm-hmm. so depending on what kind of content you're engaging in that's what it's even though i'll still get some like really like crazy content once in a while i'm like what was that <laughs> it it should curate content based on your needs and based on what you're interacting with because i remember early in the pandemic all my for you page and content that was coming my way was just like businesses and how to create a business because that's all i was like interested in <laughs> early on um yeah so yeah it could be bad. i think like for the consumer it's like anything like if you're a consumer of like instagram or facebook or anything you will get what you're looking for i really do believe that and if you're like enjoying like dances you can just endlessly score dances right so you can curate that for yourself you, so you got to be you know people got to be more responsible about how they use social media and and it's also the consumer's responsibility as well i think that's such a good point yeah i agree yeah, yeah. i guess it's also also on us to not that's, but that's why i appreciate like <laughs> Yeah, that are take some responsibility at least. Exactly. I want to be authentic to myself instead of just like yeah. giving indie, right? So Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I guess the next question we want to ask you is we're all brown here, you know. Uh your background, ethnic background is you're Pakistani, correct? Yeah, I'm Pakistani, yeah. So, you know, we're all we all have brown parents and sometimes they're not the most supportive or they are supportive but it takes them a while to get there. Like have you had any challenges as being a brown person, I guess, a South Asian person, creative? 
that culturally I think we're more rigid in how we define say you know professional professional life or what is a job right yeah yeah um for sure like it's in our community definitely there's a lot of challenges with culture and the way we define success and the way we approach and we compare other people and it's a big thing and I've definitely had my own set of challenges um I think a lot of them were more on the personal front as well with expectations of like going to with a relationship and getting married and having this linear path like you know you're 31 you're 32 now like you should be married like I'm exactly I'm very fortunate that even though me and my parents had differences I was able to basically how albeit in the start forcefully do what I wanted to but over time they saw how happy I am doing what I'm doing and even though they get asked a lot of questions about you know what is it deep doing you know yeah. a lot of guys he's just like all over the place like what's happening <laughs> um so my to- parents <laughs> exactly <laughs> my parents they're fully supportive and I think th- for me that means a lot I wouldn't it's like a challenge in our community even to have that level of support um if you're doing stuff that's not aligned with conventional values and you know stuff like that so i'm fortunate to have that parental support and um i think the key was and the challenges i was initially when you're doing something there's a big gap and you might have a misunderstanding it's okay to disagree hold your line disappoint them i think i'm a big fan of disappointing your parents early on that's a very un conventional way to look at it but i'm a big fan of disappointing your parents early in the game to hedge long-term resentment yes and, oh, interesting i think that's smart yeah. and because the thing is long-term resentment is poison that cannot be fixed because it's built over years and years and years and years and like it's hidden and it's subtle and it's poison it's the worst thing ever and i've seen it so many times the oh, best yeah. thing you can do is upfront be like guys have the conversation, shatter their expectations, destroy their dreams <laughs> up front, and then build back to it over time mm-hmm. in like a year by doing what you're doing. Because if you're doing it for the right reasons, they'll see that you're happy. And if your parents are really your parents, when they see you happy and doing things that you love and thriving over time, there's no chance in hell they won't ha- you won't have the healthiest relationship with your parents. In fact, I made some decisions shattered my parents' expectations, completely ruined the relationship in the sense that I thought it was like catastrophic. <laughs> Turn it around. And I, do, I think they have a new sense. Not only do I have a very healthy relationship with them, but I think they have a new sense of respect for me that I, looking back, they're like, damn, you did that. And I think, you know, we agreed you the right thing for yourself. So good for you. And awesome. <laughs> that, I think advice to all brown people because i can clearly see it in my family as well because my sister has done that like just always listen to parents and then came crashing down on her one day so yes if brown yeah. people listen to this advice no yeah like yeah, i think we built we're i think our culturally we're big proponents of like you know suppressing our emotion and then doing, long-term mm-hmm. resentment as you said doing it to keep other people happy is the worst thing you can do for other people though not even just for yourself like you're actually ruining other people 
by doing things just to keep them happy when that's not authentic to you. Because no matter how much you like it or not like it, it's going to blow up eventually because you're going to feel so resentful that's going to poison what could have been a very healthy relationship because you on the inside aren't feeling good about the relationship anymore because now you're like suppressing your own emotions and your own happiness. So that you cannot have a healthy relationship anymore. You've totally destroyed that opportunity. When the better thing is to really be upfront and respect them and be upfront. I'm not going to do this. I don't agree with you. Blow it up. Now you're clean on the inside. Mm -hmm. They know where you stand and then you can build back to it. You are authentic. And that's the best thing because they love you too much <laughs> yeah so, exactly exactly so they're never gonna like cut you off <laughs> they'll come around they'll come around yeah exactly they'll come around mm-hmm. and that's i think people don't look at the long-term view and it's so hard like i've been i've been in that position and I know how hard it is uh especially when everyone's against you but you gotta visualize 10 years down the line is are my parents if they see me successful at what i chose to do or happy do you think they're going to be sitting there just being like, no, like we don't want to see you for 10 years. No, like <laughs> time is like the best healer. Like yeah. you, you'd be so surprised how quickly people forget. How, like if we understood how quickly people forget shit, yeah. if, you for the right, if you didn't like cheat or like hurt someone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah otherwise. Yeah. How quickly people get over things. If you did it for the right reasons, That's true, yeah. people quickly get over it and realize that it was all them in the first place. And it could be even months and everything's back to normal. Like it's crazy how fast things can heal. We just underestimated at the time because we don't want to have that few months or year of like very awkward interaction. Yeah, that's true. That's great advice. I'm just like listening because I'm like, this is great advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your expectations, just do it. Just break it. <laughs> no, it's also nice to like, just see that representation of brown people doing adventure things. Yeah, outdoor stuff because like especially like you don't see a lot of like there's actually a lot of brown women like in especially in Vancouver there's a lot of brown people out there who are hiking who are like you know doing extreme sports and whatnot but you just don't see it online as much so it's like when I you're right the first time I saw your Instagram I was like oh it's a brown guy doing like Instagram like doing online adventure stuff and it was like okay I'm gonna follow him right away because I follow so many like non-brown influencers and content it was so nice when I saw yeah. your it's great to have that representation and I hope more females get into it as well but like brown yeah. people yeah, yeah I, was- I realized that later too. I'm like, I don't think there's any representation of brown people in the outdoor space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something very surprising to me. Yeah, because we do it. Uh, we don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people I met that do it, yeah. but it's just not visible. And I think a lot of, and it, I think it comes back down to the fact that we need to put ourselves more out there. And it's not, and we need to get over ourselves and do it for you know the right reasons and for other people and you might inspire someone and just get just get over yourself and i know there's a lot of judgment in the brown community to like do these kind of stuff and they'll ask you so what are you doing what is this content thing what do you think so just get over it and yeah i think like it's also in our heads right like we don't think it's something that's worth sharing we think like getting a new job or getting a promotion or getting married is more worth it to celebrate than like I just hiked a 40 kilometer mountain or whatever, right? Like, so, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. imposter syndrome as well, where we don't think it's like worth it and we're not that good enough and all that. But you just do what's authentic to you. And I think in our gut, we know what we want to do. We're just like, sometimes it's not 
we don't think we're like good enough and that in itself is like the biggest lie mm-hmm. yeah pretty much so i guess while we're on the topic of like south asia i know pakistan has beautiful mountains like beautiful yeah. have you ever like explored those or want to explore those yeah it's actually it's funny you mentioned that but top of my bucket list like it is my dream project to document north of pakistan because it's so beautiful and yeah and everything that i'm trying to do is actually i want to create an audience i want to take them to pakistan yeah show them where i'm from and what my country has and no one's ever seen and it's so underrated it's so raw so inaccessible mm. and i am trying to make something happen hopefully this year um oh. but i really want to get out there because that's something i've been visualizing even before i started creating content i knew that was my dream destination i would have just done it for myself but i feel like now i'm like even more pumped that i can share it with other people and that that really excites me and north of pakistan is just beautiful it's, it's so much um it's so you know it's less known and you've got one of the biggest mountains in the world mm-hmm. um yeah i'm very excited to at some point get there it's going to be it's going to be you know a top tier adventure i can't wait Yeah, I'm really that. <laughs> I I still remember uh, one of our friends, he's Pakistani, so I think he visited like in those northern places and he posted like pictures of those mountains and for a second I was like, "Oh, it's just Lake Louise." But then I was like, "Oh, crap, no, this is like Pakistan." Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's so beautiful. Like so many of us didn't don't know that, right? And I didn't know that till I saw my friend's uh post, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be great if you can get the word out. Oh, I just Yeah, I'll, I'll just be waiting on your Instagram to see that this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for that. I just hope I can pull it off. Just because hmm. it's not the tourism is not developed. Obviously, like yeah. you got to know people, you got to arrange things, and yeah, mm-hmm. I have just a lot of exciting ideas. And yeah, I think that'll be helpful if you can like kind of as as a Pakistani, I'm sure you understand the language a little bit and everything. So it'll be nice to like if you can help people and give them tips on how to navigate that. space in sure. that's a good yeah that's a good idea for sure yeah. like how to get about and all that stuff for sure yeah, i agree yeah mm-hmm. i'm very excited about that hopefully stay tuned this year at some point i did i'm able to make it happen yeah. and, and where are you guys from are you guys uh based out like originally is it india or bangladesh 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 nice yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think it's actually hard for bangladeshi like we both were both still like bangladeshi citizens we're in the process of becoming canadian citizens but yeah. um it's actually hard for us to get a visa to pakistan so i'm like okay let me get this canadian passport then i'm going to go to pakistan so yeah. the entire region is so complicated to go from <laughs> pakistan to india to bang like it's so much it's so political yeah unfortunately yeah. a lot of beautiful hikes that i never knew about until like this year like more people like younger like before i feel like it was a kind of a thing in our culture like the, if you want to travel go to europe go to america go to canada but like now i'm seeing a lot of my friends uh cousins like traveling the more like rural areas in bangladesh and like there's a oh, lot nice. of areas there's a lot of like waterfalls that i didn't even know about so i'm like very excited to not just pakistan and india but like bangladesh yeah. Explore yeah, that. I'd be curious to see that. Like that, the entire region is so so many things. There, like you know, you got Nepal, you got Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, India. Yeah, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Um, As you said, the tourism isn't very developed, so it's hard yeah. to. Yeah. 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 Which like is why here, I think here it's like 
you know, the government makes it a priority, right? To make sure that these places are accessible, they're yeah. safe, you know, language and all. It's like, there's no, like, like reducing the barriers. Whereas yeah. for our part of the world, it's just like, even though I've been, I've, I was born and raised in Bangladesh, I have not really explored because as a woman, it's just so much more challenging because it's not safe. So yeah. just thinking about those things, it's just so much harder. Yeah, which is why it's like even more important that, you know, people like us, we go to our countries and promote mm-hmm. it in the best light possible yeah. and show a side which really isn't shown on media. Um, and that's why I feel so strongly about it because, you know, when you say Pakistan, people have this image in their minds. And yeah, um, I think it's even more important to do that because it's underrepresented sure. and it's just not on the map. And that's why it's even more exciting, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think you know, that's one of the benefits of like platforms like like social media, Instagram, TikTok. It cuts all the red tape and in between, right? You can just mm-hmm. hear from like you know people of say whoever is there, right? If you're in Pakistan, just for people to directly see, oh, this person's actually showing me visuals from Pakistan, right? Mm-hmm. And all that in between or middlemen and all of that yeah. gone. So, yeah, it makes it so much more accessible. Yeah, thanks to social media for sure. Like, there's a lot of democratization of just information yeah. and people being able to share their creative work and stories that you would have never seen places yeah. you would have never seen um yeah. so you know thanks to social media there's a lot of that opportunity for yeah. sure definitely a tool that's like if used correctly can really help shape for sure. 100 percent. yeah on that note where would you say is your favorite destination that you've traveled to so far oh that's a good question I, I was asked this question today and I was like struggling. <laughs> um, I mean, you don't have to pick one. Yeah, it's so hard. Like, I think like, I really like South America. I, that's why I'm back here in Colombia. Like, I think I was really fascinated by Colombia and I'm in Medellin. It's, I think it's one of my favorite cities I've been to is Medellin here. Um, Ecuador was awesome. Um you know, I've done a few Euro trips and I really like some of like the Eastern European side, which was Czech Republic, um, really like Lisbon, but you know, there's a lot more to come and honestly, Canada's beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard to pick one, but hopefully <laughs> when I, <laughs> no, no, oh, no, I was going to ask, I was going to ask that. I want to know what's your favorite hike in Canada favorite hike. Or, or no, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Basically. So, I did like a four. So my first hike was a really big hike. I just went straight to it. And <laughs> it was by far, obviously, one of my favorites. <laughs> it was a four day, four day hike in Peru, which was this hike called the Salcante Trek. And you basically start from the Salcante Pass and you go all the way to Machu Picchu and you end up at the Machu Picchu site. Yeah. And, and this is different to the Inca Trail. It's yeah. a little longer. You go through a high altitude and the first night you stay in these like glass domes in the middle of like these glacier mountains and you go to this lake. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then you go through this pass up on the mountains. One day you're up in the mountains, ice cap, wow. you know, hailing, snowing. And the same day when you're coming down you're in the Amazon, high Amazon jungle and it's like super hot. And then you stay in these like straw huts so cool and you have like jungle fruit on the way um, that sounds so amazing that's where that's where i realized this is what i want to do that was your first hike that was my first hike wow 
first first major hike i did like a few small ones and you know traveling in uk and all that but yeah that was my first big that's hike that's awesome. uh, that's that. <laughs> sorry what did you say this was in peru right south yeah peru yeah and it has such good food like south america and peru and peru has one of the best seafood i've had it's so good oh man sounds like a dream <laughs> South America is awesome. You, yeah. you guys have to come down and check it out. It's also so raw. The food is fresh. So much culture. The people, the I'm nature. So- it's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm so happy that like um, I've at least both of us have both of us gotten into adventure, doing more adventurous things because I feel like I had such a like sheltered life growing up. It was like when I ever I traveled, it was to shop or to just see like basic tourist spots. And now that in Canada because of the pandemic I was able to like explore Canada more and like push myself to see how much I can actually do now like the whole world seems like my oyster like I can go to Peru I can go to Nepal I can oh, go to- yeah. it's awesome so happy the, the pandemic has really like opened my eyes to everything that we're holding ourselves back from yeah yeah and do would you guys would travel like to travel more now is that going to be a big part of your bucket list Yeah, Where we, you can't guys wait, to we, go? Can't, we can't wait for that passport to come through soon, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we honestly have a lot of limitations with our passport, but, like, yeah, I definitely want to see the world. And now, like, at least, I don't know about you, Maisha, but for me, like, definitely more financially sound now that I can actually plan yeah. trips. So right. Very, yeah, I really want to go to Peru. Yeah, Peru's awesome. You have to. Fingers crossed that... You guys figure out the passport situation and then start globetrotting. It's such a privilege, to be honest, to have like a, you know, good passport, especially because I've lived in Pakistan and I know like a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who have this one passport and how hard it is to like, you know, just travel around and to be able to just like book a ticket and just leave is a privilege. And for sure. I'm grateful for that. And- yeah. I'm not sure where you want to go. Sorry, I took up all the time. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Where do you want to go? I said Peru. Actually, I remember it was Peru. So I remember when I started work about four years ago. So I was going on a vacation, my first like vacation as an adult. And I was like, oh, I'm, I can go to Peru. And then, but the visa process was just so much more complicated. And I was like, you know what? When I get my passport. Yeah, then, you, <laughs> then you can just fly in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Atik, for taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. Time while you're in Colombia. Have <laughs> a good time. How long are you there? I'm here for five weeks. Five weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you just going to be in the same city or moving around? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in this. I'm in, going to be in Medellin for five weeks and then I'm going to go do some weekend trips to different cities if I can. But this is going to be my operating base That's for nice. the next five weeks. So. Awesome. Well, yeah. Good. yeah. Thank so, you guys. Really excited to look at the photos and videos that you post. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, know, you, recently, you recently posted a tiktok video that i found so interesting you were talking about like the probability of being born versus dying yeah, and yeah, i never yeah. thought of it and i saw it and i was like that's so true and yes you think of it like yeah yeah it's a really- crazy that's actually one of my favorite facts that i remind myself every time i have a shitty day or i'm like very doubtful about what i'm doing is if you actually sat down and imagine how crazy it is that we are alive that that fact in itself is incomprehensibly mm. a miracle like mm-hmm. i think that probably the one in 400 trillion that's equivalent of so many lightnings being hit on one person the chances 
it's crazy. Like it's crazy how many things had had to go right. Like imagine all your ancestors having sex at this exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> I know not the visual that you want to paint, but it's just basically everything had to happen exactly the way it is for you to be here. And I think if you think about that, you have you know you're grateful, and then and then now you're gonna die for sure. So what really do we have to lose? So get out there and just take risks. And worst case, what's gonna happen? Exactly. Sounds good. On that note, I guess yeah, we'll let you go for today. But we'll link all of Atib's socials to our Instagram page. Please go follow him; you will not regret it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. For updates and to connect with us, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at at That's What They Said Podcast. <laughs>